0: Hello, welcome to episode four of At Least You Didn't. I'm Caroline Verdon. I'm Annabelle Buckland. And we've had a bit of a crazy old week, haven't we? We have. We're still in shock. The
1: uh, uh, first, first few episodes came out last week and we've been blown away with the number of you who have downloaded it and, and left us reviews and sent us nice messages
0: and found us on Facebook and Instagram and... Wow. It has been pretty damn incredible. The fact that we've gone from a few months ago reading out some stupid stories whilst having a few gins to now (laughs) number one in the stand-up comedy chart. I mean, we probably won't be number one by the time we go out next week, but we are milking it for all it's worth at this point in time. They can never take that away from us.
1: No, let's ride this wave. Let's ride it whilst it's still here before it just... (laughs) crashes into the shore um if you missed um the other episodes do go back and have a listen to them uh but the way the podcast works is um annabelle and i are disaster zones um when we met it was just lovely to meet somebody else Oh, who... i thought you were gonna say it was love at first sight oh uh, no sorry mate no. no that's not
0: what you were saying no
1: that's disappointing no, i was gonna say it's lovely to meet someone else who's as massive a loser as i am is what i was gonna say you're so nice um and we were working at the same place and then, you know, time moves on and we're all in different places now. But one thing that's never stopped is that if I've had a bad day, the best thing to do is to text you. Yeah. Because um, you'll be able to tell me something horrendous that you've done and it will make me feel way better exactly. and vice versa. Exactly. And then during lockdown, we just thought, why not turn that into a podcast?
0: So what we've done is we've written down all of our terrible stories, our terrible toe-curlingly cringeworthy stories, written them down on bits of paper, shoved them in the bags, swapped bags, and then we've basically gone through story by story and bared all. And now we are allowing you to listen to our (laughs) deepest and darkest secrets. Uh, Also, um, we're allowing you to share yours with us because my goodness
1: me, that's been the best thing of this week. It's just having all of your stories pour in of the terrible things you have done too. Uh, Please do share. Let's make this a community of disasters. Uh, You
0: can find us on Facebook and on Instagram. Just search for At Least
1: You Didn't.
0: So on with the podcast on this week's episode, At Least You Didn't. Humiliate yourself on national television flash a mountaineer or try to school a michelin star chef at least you didn't kick a baby i tried to snog the vicar at least you didn't show the bin many knickers it could be worse right caroline at least you didn't humiliate yourself on national tv okay <laughs> so my first job i'm looking job. forward to this one <laughs>
1: My first job in radio was reading the news. One Saturday morning, I had a phone call from the editor to say that whoever it was who was meant to turn up and do the Saturday shift hadn't turned up. And whatever the time was, it was like 20 minutes to go into the next bulletin. I was the closest. Any chance I could just dash in and read a bulletin and do the shift. And I was like, oh, yeah, why not? So I picked up like yesterday's dirty old clothes from the floor and in my pyjamas... And with like my little wash kit and makeup bag under my arm, I legged it down the road, <laughs> got into work. Now on a Saturday, there used to be whoever the presenter was, and whoever the newsreader was, and they were the only people in the building, so you didn't yeah. really see anyone.
0: What about all of the people that would have seen you on your way to work? I know you live only four doors away, but still. Yeah, I hadn't
1: thought that through. I just ran, <laughs> just made a run for it, right? Um, and I managed to get the first bulletin done, and that was fine. What I hadn't taken into account was that whilst full-time people didn't work at the weekends there were promo team who'd work at the weekend um and they would go out to all the events like the fates and the fairs and the school dues um and they'd be there in like a branded up car and they'd give away merchandise and mugs and food and crisps and all that sort of stuff
0: i've been a roadie i know i know the drill exactly and i hadn't
1: taken into account that because it was the weekend and it was the summer there would be roadies working. Yeah. Um, And it was, I don't know, quarter to eight in the morning. I still hadn't got into my clothes. I was still wearing last night's makeup smeared under my face. Um, And the door opened. Now the office was a really long office. And into the room walked this guy who I didn't know very well. He'd not long started. And I just knew two things about him. And both of those were things that he told me himself. Yeah. One, he was very good looking. That's what he'd told me. Right. And two, he was going to be a stripper because his friend's mum said he was the whole package. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, OK? <laughs> anyway, uh, the door slams open. I'm there in my pyjamas and in he walks. And it's quarter to eight in the morning, but he's there in shorts, yeah, flip-flops. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> now, let's remember... I'm very tired. I was woken up at an ungodly hour by a phone call saying, could I get into work? I'm still in my pyjamas. I've got yesterday's makeup smeared over my face. I'm surprised that he's come in not wearing many clothes. But ultimately, yeah. as I think we have already established, I'm a bit of an idiot. <laughs> anyway, at which point the phone rang. I cannot stress enough how tired I am because I go to pick the phone up and I pick it up but I hold it the wrong way round so the earpiece is to my mouth and I go, hello? I then realise what I've done, feel like an absolute buffoon, try to correct it but drop the (laughs) phone, then have to pick it up again as it's dangling on the floor and finally (laughs) hold it the right way round before composing myself and saying, hello? (laughs) Um, And then as I glance across, he's still making his way through the room but I then realised why he is only wearing shorts. Okay. Because there's a TV film crew behind him. Oh, And they're no. doing some sort of TV <laughs> show on strippers, or I think he was Mr Bournemouth <laughs> at this point in time. So they're filming his daily life. Anyway, I don't really think any more about it, and I also don't really think it's ever going to make yeah. it to telly. You know.
0: I mean, why would it? It's utterly hilarious. Why on earth would a producer think <laughs> I'm going to put that in? Fast forward a few months. <laughs> And it's I don't know 9 p.m. at night, something
1: like that. And my phone starts buzzing, beep 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 bzz, 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 beep 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 beep. And <laughs> look at my phone, and it's just loads of texts from random people, like somebody I was at school with, somebody I once had dinner with, somebody who used to be my window cleaner. Like really, just random people, <laughs> random messages from random people, um, and all of them say, "Oh my god, I've just seen you on the telly."
0: Did you realise at this point, when they were saying, I've just seen you on the telly, did you think, oh, my God, what was I in? I must have been brilliant. Was this
1: for some amazing journalism work that I'd been working really hard yeah. on? Doing? Oh, maybe I finally got recognised. No, not because you're a good journalist, Caroline. No, no, no. I was basically billed as, you know, everywhere he goes, women fawn all over him.
0: <laughs> and so it was billed as though I was so, like, in awe of his body. You are so overcome <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't oh know how God to God use God. a phone.
1: <laughs> how humiliating. OK, I am going to rummage through the bag uh, and see what we've got for you. At least okay. you didn't. <laughs> Flash your ass to some mountaineers. <laughs>
0: oh yeah <laughs> In the summer last year, I went on a little mountaineering trip with my cousins. We went up Snowden and that was great. And then on the way down, we saw a lake and we knew that there would be lakes. So we'd all packed our swim gear um, because we thought we might have a little swim. Oh, wild swimming. Um, on the way down. Yeah. And we we stopped off and there was this beautiful lake and mountain in the background. And oh, what could be better? So we all, bear in mind, um, there's so uh, two of my cousins are girls, one's a boy and then my sister is a... A girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're all trying to take turns with the towel. Sorry, what do you mean with what do you mean with the towel? Like you've got one between you, one towel between all of us. Well, that's madness. One towel to dry five people. Well, it was less to dry ourselves with and more to hide our parts with modesty for when we were getting changed because you know we're close but we don't act close. <laughs> <laughs> so I found this little tuft of grass. I mean, already
1: I'm seeing your mistake. You used the word tuft of grass. You haven't said like great big forest, tuft of grass. Oh,
0: my bum's not that big, Caroline. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so the others, they were all fannying about with a towel and I found this tuft of grass and um, I was trying to get changed sitting on the grass, but there was so much sheep poo around and thistles and nettles that it was just becoming more and more of a faff. So I thought, I'm just going to stand up. Everyone else is in front of me and they've all got their backs to me. So I'm just going to stand up, butt naked. I just whip the swimming costume up. I can probably get it on in less than a second. (laughs) So I stood up, my bare ass to the wind, (laughs) Once I'd finally pulled my swimming costume up, I turned around and there was a bunch of probably four walkers <laughs> coming down the mountain and this saw my bum. Oh, I mean, on the upside, what a lovely
1: day out for them, eh? If the walk didn't get their blood pumping, then, you know, the show would have done. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: right, here we go then, Caroline. Okay, at least you didn't tell a lie that massively backfired on itself.
1: Hmm. So, as a child, my mum was really strict. Well, my mum and my dad, but mainly my mum. Really strict on when we could have sweets. So the rules were, Thursday night after swimming, we'd have a packet of crisps. Friday (laughs) night... (laughs)
0: I already want to cry.
1: Friday night, we could have um, a little bag of pick and mix from the school tuck shop, 10p, 10 sweets. Um, Saturday, we could have some sweets. And Sunday after church, when my dad went to go and get the paper, we could have 10p, 20p if we were lucky, and we could have some sweets. And that was it.
0: Okay, so crisps on a Thursday after swimming. Yep. Sweets. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're
1: the rules. Yeah, I suppose that's a quick way okay. of putting it really, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that's that's four out of seven days you're oh, getting sweet. It's
1: not yeah, it's not like it was it's not like it's terrible, but it's just it was very regimented. Okay, yeah, um, I understand. And because of that, I really I really look forward to sweet days. Um and on a Sunday when we'd walk down to the paper shop with my dad, my mum would cook Sunday roast and my sister and I would be walking down to the paper shop, we'd choose our sweets, we'd come back. My mum would still be cooking and my dad would be reading the paper and we'd be left to just play. Um, and that was the perfect opportunity um, to get some more sweets. Okay. Because my sister and I had toys that we adored and they were our pound puppies. And they were these two little oh, soft toy dogs. Loved oh, they were amazing. Puppies. They were so good. Um, And ours were the really little puppy ones and they had their own little baskets. We had a basket each with a little cushion in and then the little pound puppies sat on top and we had names for them and everything and they were like our pride and joy. Yeah, because you used to get
0: the little little certificates that you wrote their name and their birthday on and their likes and dislikes. But actual birth certificates. Oh my God, I loved them. Loved them. I loved them so much.
1: So I told my sister um, that sadly her dog would die (laughs) if she didn't... Leave it some sweets because that's what it lived for. <laughs> um, so,
0: <laughs> that's what it lived for. <laughs>
1: so, um, just before Mum called us down for lunch, I'd say, "Remember, don't let Scampy die." <laughs> um, <laughs> she's four years younger than me. Um, as she believed, every- and how old
0: were you both at this time? I reckon
1: I was maybe. I don't know, seven or eight to nine to ten to (laughs) eleven. It was quite a large period of my life. (laughs) And um, sure enough, she'd go in and she'd take out two sweets and I'd say, oh, remember, Scampi doesn't like cola bottles. And so she'd like (laughs) this cola bottle, would go back, out would come a chocolate mouse, brilliant. Um, And they'd go in, we'd go down for, for Sunday lunch. And then halfway through lunch, I'd go, oh, can I go to the toilet?" and my mum would say of course you can and so i'd go upstairs go to the toilet because we weren't posh we didn't have a downstairs alone. and whilst i was up there i would nip into my sister's room and oh, 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 <laughs> eat those sweets so mid roast oh mid oh mid roast i took no prisoners oh. yeah they were they were in before anyone could find out and this must have gone on for like i don't know like, like probably 3 years 4 year, like, years like, like, years i went on a long time <laughs> It went on a long time. Um, It just became like a habit. Like she just, oh, Sunday lunchtime, let me put some sweets under there so my dog doesn't die. Um, Your poor sister. And um, it's fine because she's had the last laugh because she's thin. So. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, she won.
0: At least you didn't confront a Michelin star chef.
1: Yeah. Raymond Blanc. So so, um, I was working at a radio station in Oxfordshire and he's got one of his big restaurants there, Le Manoir. And I was going down to interview him about, I don't know, like a new menu or something. And I knew that there would be an element of food involved even if it was just I was going to get there they were going to give me a cup of tea and hey have something to eat like it was going to happen anyway and I had
0: a look I was on... expecting a three course meal before I <laughs> said two words to him
1: it's even worse than this whatever you're thinking <laughs> it's even worse so I had a look online at like the just sort of tea afternoon tea sort of menu thing um, and I thought do you know what it's a good menu but
0: <laughs> with all your Michelin stars as well,
1: <laughs> yeah, and all your years' experience, um, you've obviously never uh, been been in a diet club. And now, at this point in time, I was in a diet club, and I I got a little bit obsessed with this diet club and this diet club's ways, and the way in which You're this so diet club diet would create so much. Yeah. Which, because I just want to get home, that I'm aware that this whole situation is very (laughs) odd. Um, The way that they would sort of create foods and be like, oh, it tastes just like a cake. It doesn't. (laughs) But at this point in time, I was indoctrinated. It was like a cult, and I was completely in there. And this club had a recipe for what it referred to as scones. Okay.
0: So.
1: The recipe was a packet of smash. Potato? Yeah, a packet of smash, some vanilla essence, a mull light yoghurt. You what? Oh, yeah. Then almost an entire packet of artificial sweetener uh, and some raisins. And I think that was it.
0: That sounds like hell on earth.
1: Yeah, but... That's
0: like prison food.
1: Yeah, but you mix it all together and you gloop it in your hands... And we oh, stick it in the oven.
0: Don't.
1: And then out come Crank. these beautiful scones. Now, at this time, I felt they were delightful. And they didn't have very many calories in them and all the rest of it. So I was like, oh, it's brilliant. You really can eat cake and lose weight. <laughs> so when I went to his Michelin-starred restaurant, I took my own food with me. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. You didn't take a scone made a smash.
1: I did just take one, to Annabelle.
0: To Raymond Blanc. You didn't. D- tell me you didn't offer him one. I took two. Caroline. You can't give Raymond Blanc a scone made a potato.
1: You can't do that. So as we sat down and he chatted to me, we did the interview about whatever it was, I don't know, a new launch, this, that or the other. I said to him, I've had a look. There's I've noticed there's a lot of butter in your recipes, butter and cream. Um I've had a look at the cake menus and it's very unhealthy. Um I've made something
0: <laughs> that I would <laughs>
1: like you to consider.
0: So I sat there and just got my little lunchbox out. <laughs> what were you thinking? Come on, Raymond! Come on, come and have one of my special cakes. This is much better than your five-star butter and cream scones. Mine's got potato in it.
1: Um, <laughs> and he sort of looked at me as if to say the absolute gall of this woman. But fair play to him. Uh, he tried oh my, my scone. He, um, he did draw a comment on the smell <laughs> as I opened the box.
0: What did he say?
1: Um, he just said something like, oh, that smells really... Interesting.
0: That'll be all the potato.
1: (laughs) I mean, fair play to him, though. He did actually put it in his mouth. He did chew for quite a long time. (laughs) And then he spat it out in a hanky. No, he. No. Yeah. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I do cooking classes and you're welcome to
0: come. (laughs) Don't laugh. I just thought, what a bloody insult. (laughs) How rude.
1: Um, So I declined his offer. Um, And retrospectively, how humiliating for me.
0: (laughs) What was I thinking? At least you didn't kick a baby. I tried to snog the vicar. At least you didn't
1: show the bin menu knickers. It could be worse. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'm Caroline Verdon. I'm Annabelle Buckland. And do not worry, the well does not run dry. Uh, We have so many stories of devastation from our lives uh, that we release an episode every single Tuesday. And on next week's episode... At least you didn't ruin your husband's job, nearly crush a baby... Or do something very inappropriate over the Queen. Uh, we do like to share our stories feel free to share your stories with us as well Uh, we're very active on the old socials you can find us at at least you didn't Uh, and yeah make us feel better share your tales of woe because a problem shared is a problem for somebody else to laugh about
0: (laughs) I like that I like that a lot I'm Caroline Burden I'm Annabelle Buckland goodbye to you